comic fam. There's no toilet paper anywhere. I'm in Washington, if you don't know, and it's crazy out here. Second thing, this month, April, we are doing a Empire number one John Tyler Christopher propaganda variant going out to every member of the Mystery Mail Call. Link is in the description to join. And here's the third announcement. Surprising everybody with a Mignola Comic Tom 101 Gut Ghost variant. Link in the description. We're doing two exclusives this month. Get them, oh, excuse me, before you run out, just like this store did of toilet paper. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Bags and Boards, episode number 26. Seven. I got my homie here, Fire Guy Ryan. Oh, hey. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Dude, it's been a minute since you've been on. It has been. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here as well. All right. I'm your host, Comic Tom, and I'm the host of the Bags and Boards show, where we talk about a lot of different like comic book-themed things, news, collectibles, and today, we're going to be doing some fun stuff. Aside from talking about Alex Ross, one of my all-time favorite comic book artists, we're also going to be chatting about how to package comic books correctly, specifically CGC style. We're going to make Ryan package up some comics to be sent to Florida to be graded. Uh, if you've been following this channel for some time, you've seen me open some packages to varying degrees of success. So hopefully this goes better than those do have done, have been sometime before in the past. We can only hope that you succeed, Ryan. You got to protect these comic books. I shall do my best. All right. And then we also have some fun key comics that I want to discuss with the community. Uh, collectors not really collecting some issues that I think once we go over uh, a category, a new category, fresh on key collector comics, the best comic book app that exists on the market. Well, we're going to see some new styles of collectors. I'm talking about sound and phrase collectors. Oh, goodness. That's right. It's going to be crazy, Ryan. Let's jump right into this show. But before we do it, hit the subscribe button. We make a lot of comic book themed content. And I want to chat about a new category on Key Collector Comics, the application. If you use code TOM101, you get a free week subscription of the best comic book collecting app that exists on the market. The new category is Stellar. So the first thing you got to do is you got to be able to find it. And it's right on the home screen. It's called Sounds and Slogans. It's right there on the homepage. Very easy to see. It's got a big purple bamf on it. That's right. Bamf. It's like a sound of like, why would you? Bamf. I think of it's like a. All right. That noise first appeared in X-Men issue number 95, the third appearance of Nightcrawler. And that is the sound that Nightcrawler makes when he's going through like different dimensions when he teleports. This is an example of a sound that takes place. That's like a, a major character design that. I think is fascinating, and it gives a book an added key worthiness. There's a lot of other books that are in this category, and I want to jump right into it. First one we're talking about today is Amazing Spider-Man number six. You might already be familiar with this comic. It's the first appearance of the lizard. However, it is the first appearance of the, the magical phrase, my spidey sense is tingling. Ryan, are you tingling right now talking about this book? I am all a tingle. Dude, I am titillated by this comic book. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> but this is great because this is a major key that really the latter key worthiness is completely secondary. A lot of people don't even know that this phrase that Peter thinks for the first time in this issue was said in this major key event that is the lizard, which is one of the coolest villains that Spider-Man has. I haven't really been able to do him so well on screen, though. They've struggled with his character design. I'm thinking of Amazing Spider-Man from 2012, and like the CGI on, on that was not the best. We're actually going to showcase some Alex Ross 
art that is only featured in this book here pretty soon. And I think if they could base the character design off of the way Alex paints the lizard, it would be a hell of a lot closer with what comic book fans want to see on the screen. Personally, I'd rather see a little more human and a little less lizard. Ooh. The last movie went very hard on the uh, lizard angle. A little, little too monstrosity-ness for me. I actually want to do something a little different when we quote prices for these collectibles. Typically, we quote the highs, you know, what they're spiking to. But because these are not all necessarily keys that are major, and some of them are, the prices are going to be all over the place. So let's talk about like a low-grade, affordable, presentable copy. If you can get one of these comics at the rates that we are going to provide, you're doing pretty damn good as long as the book isn't just like burned or something <laughs> or coverless yes coverless i would say is a deal breaker burned would be kind of cool i know well if you have an amazing spider-man number six you can if you can get that for like under 300 bucks you're doing really well not bad all right um the next book on this list that we have to include is tales to astonish issue number 88 now as just a cover itself it's a classic submariner battle that you're seeing on the silver age classic However, on the inside, you're going to hear Hulk utter the words for the very first time, Hulk smash hmm. in these pages. Kind of fun. It's weird to think. It's weird to think that this had to have happened at some point in an issue. Inspiration, the writer decide to include it, and then boom, forever, that character is known for this. Something I'm noticing that we've done in the few so far that we've mentioned is that these don't really pop up right at the beginning. It takes a few issues for like these kind of trends to start popping off. This book in like a VF, you can score for like 50 bucks. Now in high grade, it's going to be a bit different because it's Silver Age and it's harder to come by. But for an 8 VF for 50 bucks, that's a huge key moment for any Hulk fan. And I'm not even a Hulk collector and I think that's dope. Me neither. All right, this next one on this list. FF issue number four. This is a major key. Okay, if you can score this book at a 0.5, like a graded 0.5 for this issue, goes for like 500 bucks right Holy now. Holy moly. And it's gone up in the last couple months. So it's just, it's on a climb. But it's a major, major key. It says it's the first uh, Silver Age appearance of the Submariner. That's right. And there's a lot of spec behind this character. He's a classic Marvel hero. But in this issue, there's another major fantastic four moment that takes place and it's not by some mariner some may be surprised to see that's the first time uh johnny storm says flame on correct interesting that he activates it with words but it happens four issues into the run right like i don't think he needs to say the magic words to turn into fire but i you know he just decided to shout something i guess yeah he's got to have this like activation process yeah, it'd be kind of kind of lame if it just and, and now I'm on fire, like just <laughs> and silently. Now I'm on fire. Yeah, like now I'm gonna I'm gonna go now. Yeah, at least have it be like the sound of a lighter or something, like a, like a whoosh. Yeah, whoosh. Another issue that is perfect to mention right here, not on our list, but it fits so perfectly. Is Fantastic Four issue number twenty-two. That'd be the first time the thing says it's clobbering time. Also, the second appearance of the Mole Man. Less cool in my mind, right? Even though that's the thing it's known for. Right. And I think that this is a great example of a book that, yeah, it's like over 20 issues had to go by until it was actually incorporated into the run. Thing smash. <laughs> All right. Doesn't sound as good. Doesn't sound as good. And moving on to this next issue on the list, we have Avengers issue number 10, Kirby Goodness. And we're talking about not Ramatut, not Kang. No, we're not talking about 
Immortus. No, we're talking about the first time the words Avengers Assemble was mentioned in a comic book. However, it was said by Thor the first time. It was not a phrase that was used by Captain America. You may find that a little off, right? Because like, I feel like Captain America, like people associate Cap with that phrase, but Cap was new on the scene at that time. Right, yeah, he just popped back up on the team in issue four. So like, thinking a few issues in, it would make sense. Like Thor would kind of be a little bit more of a leader at this point. Correct. You know? Who knew that Thor would create Captain America's catchphrase? Kind of, you know, kind of like it's like early payback for Captain America stealing Thor's hammer in Endgame. Ooh, early payback. Uh, I like it, that. It all comes around. Retroactive. Okay. And we're also talking about a book that affordably you can get for about 50 bucks, you know, in low grade. All right. And now another book on this list that I think a lot of people are going to respect for just like multiple reasons. Giant Size X-Men issue number one. It's a plethora of reasons. What list this isn't this book on? For real. It's just one of the all-time biggest keys, man, of that era. The new team. First appearance of the Colossus, Nightcrawler, yeah, so mean, many people. And this is the second full appearance of Wolverine. It's a little bit on the bigger side, harder to get into a high grade. And right now, you would be lucky to find this book in low grade for about 400 bucks. And yeah. I imagine that this book in low grade is going to be a $500 book for quite some time. But there's another reason why we have to put this book on this list. It's the first snicked from Wolverine's Claws, in case you didn't. That's in case, right. you, in case my performance was not up to par for you. It's the first time that the sound was associated with the claws breaking through Wolverine's skin. I never, I never really liked that sound effect. I feel like there's a better way to, to phrase that, right? Ooh, how would you phrase it? Comic fam, I want to know your thoughts about this list and these sounds and key reasons in the comment section below. What do you think would be a better sound for Wolverine? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. I'm doing it right now, uh, man. Go. First thing that comes to your head. It's claw time. <laughs> That's the, the sound that the claws make while they're coming out. Oh, my out. gosh. I'm so glad that you did not create Logan. Can no, you imagine? I would have made him very bad. The greatest Canadian superhero. It's claw time. Oh, that was dreadful. <laughs> I love it. Okay, next book on this list, we have one of my favorite Spider-Man keys, ASM issue number four. Hmm. Why is that your favorite? Sandman. It's a weird cover. It's got like four different pictures of Spider-Man versus Sandman. And it's like, ah, he's like sand. You know, it's really silly. But Sandman is such an awesome character. There's so many early appearances in this first like 10 issues of Spider-Man, but that one always is like right next to Doc Ock, my favorite. He's a pretty cool villain. He is a cool villain. I kind of feel like he's underutilized these days. I thought he was the coolest villain in Spider-Man 3. Out of all 10 of them? Out of like the 10 they used. Right, yeah, he was he was definitely the coolest in okay. that movie. Well, this book, you would be lucky to find it in low grade for 300 bucks, but there's another big reason why this book is on the list besides being a major key moment in Spider-Man history. Apparently, this is the first time that uh, Peter Parker thinks of himself as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. It's just like that catchphrase, I wouldn't even think to give that much importance. It's like with great power comes great responsibility, but it is. It's so important that when you find out it was in this issue, it makes you look at this issue a little bit different, you know? Mm -hmm. I always associated that book as a major moment because of Sandman. And now I'm thinking of it as like just a major marketing moment for this character and how they were going to portray him to his community in the comic and 
as an entity that Marvel was selling at the time because he would become the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man to us as well in the real world. I bet at the time it was just like a throwaway line that he was thinking to himself in like a sarcastic comment in his own brain, but it would evolve over time to actually reflect on his, you know, kind of standing in the community, a neighborhood superhero. This next one is one I had never actually even heard of before. It's a comic book called Daredevils. I immediately looked and I'm like, Daredevils? It's not Daredevil? Correct. It's a plural. That's right. Oh, and it's Captain Britain on the cover. Big white cover, Captain Britain on the front. Bunch of words. It's probably going to be hard to find in a high grade because it's the white cover and those are, you know, those are never really that easy to find in high grade, especially if they're older. This is a more affordable book too. Not many people are specking on this comic. $10. Yeah, in like high grade. Like you can probably find it for five bucks. Why is it important though? Because this is the first time Earth 616 is used as an idea for the Marvel Universe. Like a specific name for the Marvel, the mainstream Marvel Universe. Yeah, the first mention of the Marvel Universe as Earth 616. As opposed to all the alternate Marvel Universes that also exist in Marvel Comics. Next one on this list is one I placed on here because I figured you would enjoy it. I am so enjoying this one. Dude, you're... Are you titillated again? Uh, always. Okay. I'm here. Make it happen, Ryan. In brightest day. In blackest <laughs> night. Yes. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Ooh, we're talking about Alan Scott, Green Lantern from 1943. That's a long, that's a long, long time ago. We're talking about Green Lantern issue number nine. The first time that these words were ever utilized in a comic book by the Green Lantern himself. Technically, he counts. He's not, he's not my favorite Green Lantern, but he counts. He's not your favorite? A little silly. A little too silly for me. Even though Green Lantern in general is a very silly concept, I think Alan Scott is a little too far. I'm just, I'm also, as you know, not, not the biggest Golden Age fan, so I tend to skew towards the more, the more modern people. Sure. And Hal Jordan is, I mean, it's very different. Yes. It's a very different Green Lantern. But this particular Green Lantern, 1943, OG, love the character design. I understand, man. They're very different Green Lanterns. They're basically entirely different characters, you know? The name Green Lantern is what ties them together, but they don't feel like the connection between Jay Garrick and The Flash, for example. You right. know, the lineage doesn't feel the same. Alan Scott, Green Lantern, was definitely more of like a magical mm-hmm. kind of feeling. And then the rest of the Green Lanterns over time, it became more of like a sci-fi outer space story, which speaks a little more to me. But this book is really, really cool. Aside from having a major Green Lantern key event happen on the inside, the first time that those words were uttered in the pages, we also have a Golden Age comic book that not a lot of people are purchasing and when they hit the market they typically undersell there was an issue that was pretty low grade had some tape on it but we're talking about a book from 1943 issue number nine went for around 350 bucks a few months ago now if you're looking for a copy right now it's going to start at about 500 dollars if you can find one and i'm talking like a 4.0 but as far as like golden age comics from the 40s and a major key event like that i think that it's a great one for collectors to consider this next one on the list, though, we have to place here because it's another major Spider-Man sound. There's a lot of different phrases and catchphrases that are in the Spider-Man run, isn't there? Well, he's kind of like, you know, the center of the Marvel Silver Age, I would say. Absolutely. And this next one is a great example of a book that doesn't really have keyworthiness beyond this. And we're talking about Amazing Spider-Man issue number 36. That would be 
the first time the sound effect <laughs> was used for the uh, the web shooters. Dude, that was actually really good. Thank you. I practiced all day. That's actually way better than your Wolverine line that you gave. So wow. I'm excited that you provided something of value during this list. Thank more you, than the knowledge you bring. I bring so much knowledge. I just, I want more sound effects from you. I want more sounds from Ryan and Comic Fam. If you slap that like button, maybe we can get Ryan to do more sounds give me, for the give show. Give me a soundboard. I'll be that guy. Every, every podcast needs a dork with a soundboard. This comic book can be acquired, you know, in like low to mid grade for like 20 bucks. Right? That's way better than I was thinking you were going to say. And it's a cool book, man. And it's, it's low number ASM. You can't go wrong with that. <laughs> that's good right i would not have guessed that i would have guessed like 10 times that much it's a big moment dude i just think all comics that low numbered especially spider-man would be way more expensive than that but apparently uh you can get it for a lot less so go get it the last book we have to put on this list and this is again only 10 of many that are in this category go over to key collector comics use that code tom 101 to get a free week subscription and check out this list there's a lot more books and there's a lot of modern books too we happen to just pick a lot of the og ones but this next one is ff issue number 19 and are we talking about it because of rama tut no talked about him already we also talked about immortus right we're talking about kang don't even get me started, man. What's going on, dude? Everybody's Kang the Conqueror. No, no. We're tabling all of those things. It has nothing to do with those things. This is the first time that the man... Stan the man. Stan the man. Said his catchphrase. Enough said. His sign-off. Issue number 19 of Fantastic Four. It's a good sign-off. Freaking awesome, dude. It's so good that it was borrowed by somebody. He said it. And you know that he was like, oh, that's going to be good. I'm going to use that again. You know that happened. I like it more than Excelsior myself, but that's just me. Yeah, I think Nuff said is one of my favorites that he did. But I want to know what the community thinks about all of these and what your favorite catchphrase sound was. And check out that category section. Maybe you'll even find that it is already on the list. Let's move on to the next part of the show because we have Fire Guy Ryan here and it's Uh a special event. I have some comics that need to be prepared to be sent off to the certified guaranteed company. This is going to be an embarrassing sequence. So stay tuned. Let's do it. All right. So what we're going to do today, comic fam, is we're going to have this guy package up some comic books to submit for grading. Okay. So I already did the pre-work here and I have my form with the list of comics that I'm going to send in. So you got to first do that. You go over to CGC's website. I'll put the link in the description. There's no affiliate link. I don't get paid to have you sign up or anything like that, but you can sign up for a free membership and that's how you can fill out your paperwork that you need to be able to do what we're doing to be able to submit comic books for grading. So CGC actually has a brand new product that is pretty cool. And I was actually surprised to see how cheap it was. And this is going to resolve so many people's like concerns and questions about how to submit comics for grading and how to ship them properly. And we have Ryan here because this is the first time you've ever done this. Yes. I have not sent anything into CGC before. So the first thing you got to do is you got to get your paperwork done. So make sure you have that to start this process because you're going to need it in a second. But assuming that you have that paperwork, now we can tell you about the products that cgc actually has to make this whole process easier and there's two of them and they're really cheap they are very affordably priced you have two different shipping kits that they will send out to you with 
all the materials inside to package up your comics and mail them back out. The There is a smaller size shipping kit that's for like 1 to 10 comics and then a larger one for 11 to 40 comics that's right they're covering all your bases and if you are going to send one to ten comics this is what you're going to get sent to you this right here is the small shipping kit and we're going to show you how you assemble it and submit your comics for grading now i do have an example of the large shipping kit the process is the same. You're just going to have more boxes that are going to be able to go in there. And I'll show that on screen as well. But we're going to be doing the small kit assembly here. First things first, what we have in front of me is a bunch of exclusives that we made that I want to get graded. I want to do giveaways with them. And I want to send them out in our bonus box. Mm -hmm. We have a monthly subscription service. And those who post their box on Instagram, we send out bonus boxes to a handful of lucky winners that we do a raffle for. And I want to start sending out exclusives that we made that are graded. So today, Ryan, you are going to put these together and help ship them oh. to the CGC in Florida. Good. Goody, I'm, goody. I'm going for nine eights, and we are going to do an unboxing. So if you screw one of these up, I'm going to know it was you. Thank you. That's All right? no pressure. No pressure. Okay, so we have a small kit. Again, this was $15, $15 to get it mailed here. I did the shipping quote. I don't know if this is the same for everybody because this came from Florida. I live in Washington State, but it said it was free shipping. All the way, as far, about as far away as you can be. So, like, I'm not sure if this is going to be the same for everybody. I'm just quoting their, their website price. But, yeah, 15 bucks to get the shipping supplies needed to grade 1 to 10 comics. So, let's take a look at what's inside. So, first off, you open the box, and this is what you got. It's another box. Okay, you have another box here. Now, what do you do with this stuff when you open it? You just throw it right in the trash, right? Okay, so the first box is what it was shipped in, right? Right. We don't need that. You can put that aside. That one. That one goes away. You but don't, You don't need it. But we need these boxes here. There's everything a box else within in the here, box. Everything else in here is important. And if you're like me and you throw things away when you start to unbox them, don't, don't do that. Everything in here is important and necessary. Okay, so that right there is the return box. And notice it already says the word fragile on the box. So this is saving you a sticker, you know, having to put on your box. Some thought went into every step of the supply bundle that you get. It's almost like they're professionals and they know what they're doing. Okay, so you have your return box marked as fragile, but there's another box in there. Let's there take a look is, at that. There's more boxes in here. Okay, so let's actually take a look at all of the contents because I want to make sure it's all here. So you got some bubble wrap. Okay, that makes sense. Fun. All right. You have your pen. You actually get a CGC pen. That's pretty fun. That's for us. Nifty gifties. You get some nifty gifties. You get a 9.8 sticker. That's pretty cool too. I like that. Those are not necessary to grade your comics, though. You do get to keep those. So we have this box here, the fragile box. This is what's actually going to be sent out to Florida. Right. We're going to so use this last. Set that aside, yeah, and we'll use it at the very end to package it all up. Okay, so now we have this box right here, and it says raw books inside. So what do we got here? Inside of this box, there is a set of bags and boards inside of a bubble wrap bag. Keep it extra protected. Okay, so you have now 10 comic book bags and boards. They supply you with the bags and boards. So you know how to bag and board comics. Let's I, see you do that. I here. do know how to do that. But okay. I'm sure today I'll, I'll make a fool of myself. Okay, and what we're going to actually need to do here is keep this stack in order because 
Aside from getting all of these prepared, there is one thing that you need to do prior to all this, which is print out your paperwork. If you go to CGC's site, you can sign up for membership and that's how you actually go through the submission process. I recommend the service in general. This is just a recommendation from one comic book collector to the community. First thing we got to do is bag and board these comics. So grab your board, put the comic on the board, and my recommendation is to go right in at the corner. that boom let's make it happen best to go in at the corner with the comic on the board and then you can slide that plastic right on it boom okay so we got our comics all bagged and boarded, all ready to go. We have 10 comics here. The next part is really important. We have to organize these comics in the way that they appear on the package slip. So Ryan, all the Thors go first. So let's make that happen. The way you do it is you place one comic book down. You take that second comic book on the list, which is a Thor comic book. And now you want to, that's right, flip them and make them look at each other. Boom, it's gonna add that like extra protection. Then we are now gonna place the rest of the Thor comics and you're gonna place them directly on top of them. Face down. That's right. Boom, we have all the next Thors going on top. Then we have the Walking Dead number one Milky Comics exclusives. Those Beautiful. go next on that pile. Then we have the Undiscovered Country exclusives. Those go next on the pile. And then last but not least, according to my package slip, it says Metal Shark Bro is going at the very bottom. All right, so now you have all of your stack. You need your package slip. Don't forget to put that on top. Right. But flip yes. it over first. So it's actually on the top. That's right. So current, what do you have on the top there? The first two comics that are facing each other. Which are two Thor comic books. Okay. Put the package slip there. And now we got to bubble wrap them. Uh-huh. I almost forgot this step. You get your stack of comics with your list on top, and they go into the bubble wrap bag that was so conveniently provided for us. Now you got to tape that bubble wrap closed. Whoop. Boom. All right. So now you want to put that facing up in your box. Like a so. Dude, you're doing so good, Ryan. Thank you. All right. Seal them up. Close it all up. Seal that bad boy. Whoop. Sealed. Boom. Dude, all right. We're almost done. So now's when you get the uh, the fragile box that you got from the beginning. Okay, I'll help you out here. I'm going to move the raw books box. This actually has the raw books inside. You got to be careful. Indeed. And it is clearly labeled. Okay. Now you get some bubble wrap. Bubble wrap. Put that down first. Put your raw books inside over that. Ooh, and then we have another one. Another layer of bubble wrap to go Perfect. on top. And just kind of go all around and make it nice and tight so it does not move. All right, Ryan, you got the gun. Make it happen. It up. Oh, goodness. I have the gun. I am armed with tape. I'm going to pop some of these bubbles. I just know it. Okay. Okay. Gun. <laughs> There's tape on it, so we're good. This is the most confusing angle to be doing this. 
sealed and it's going we did it comic fam to cgc and that's how we do it and that is it ryan you did it you packaged up your first comics that are going to be sent to florida for grading i feel like a real man now on a scale of like you know easy to hard how difficult was this 9.8 9.8 in on easy on the easy scale on the easy scale 9.8 on the easy scale i like it and it sounds like that just like you know very small difference to make that 10.0 it's probably just your confidence in just needing to do it more than once because i bet the next time you do it it's going to be a very very easy process it's even easier by having all of the materials already there for you so you don't have to guesswork anything or rely on previous shipping experience which i don't have any of so this is very helpful for a noob like myself and the only difference between this smaller kit and the larger kit is that there's more of those raw boxes on the inside. So you can actually put them in this larger box and ship up to 40 different comics at once. And they give you all the supplies for that too. I think that it makes the whole process easier, especially for those individuals who just aren't used to shipping comics. I mean, how often do we see just terrible shipping jobs in the community? We've seen a few of those in our time. So if we've seen a lot and we're just like, surf and instagram spotting it imagine what cgc must have seen over the years of operation there's has to be a reason why they have gone out of their way to provide such a dope product to the community they must have seen some horrific stuff just like here, here here you do it yourself here's how you do it please stop sending us terrible package boxes dude shake that box do you hear anything if you can give it the shake test it's good there's silence happening. I hear nothing. Nothing. I also got these big headphones on. All right. Comic fan, we appreciate you. Let us know what you think about Ryan putting this together. I'm proud of you, man. Well done. Thank you. Nah, no touching. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, we'll touching. do it in, in our brains. Here, we'll do, get it really close and almost touch. Hup. No, closer. Hup. Hup. Don't, 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 don't. I'm getting on the camera. Germs can jump. Boom, right there. Ah. Boom. Ah. All right, we did it. We're safe. Comic fam, big update from the CGC that I got to let you know about. They have adjusted their membership requirements to allow free CGC members to submit directly to the CGC headquarters until April 30th. Traditionally, you need to be a paid CGC member to be able to submit your comics directly to the CGC headquarters in Florida to be encapsulated. Right now, because of what's going on, you have until April 30th to sign up for a free membership and submit your comics for grading. This is a great opportunity to still get your comics graded if conventions are delayed or canceled. They're also offering discounted shipping kits, so if you like these boxes that we used, hit CGC's site and pick up some of those as well. This isn't a sponsored ad. I'm not getting paid for you guys to get your comics graded. I'm just putting a link down below so you can sign up for a membership option, whatever you like, and be able to take advantage of a really great opportunity. Anyways, back to the video. Next part of the show is one of my favorites. It's your comments, your opinions on our videos. That's right. It's like partially, mostly the reason I even I even do this whole thing. I like I like to read the comments afterwards. It's fun. And we also have some breaking news. Donnie Cates. Oh my gosh! Buckle up. It's gonna change the industry by the end of this. Viewer comments. The first comment we have is from a recent top ten list from you and Russ. This comment is from James Kreider. The Batmobile reveal made me overlook all my Pattinson questions. Mm. At least the designs show a nod to the fans. I picked this comment because I can't resist the urge to recommend the movie Good Time to the comic fam. Oh, Robert Pattinson. It completely changed my mind on Robert Pattinson as the Twilight Kid or as the weird sparkly little vampire kid. He's actually a very good actor. And that movie is one of the reasons they picked him to play Batman. 
It's a great film. And it is now on Netflix. Check it out and see if you still have doubts. I'm getting a vibe of enthusiasm and optimism from you, Ryan. I, I, can't, I can't say enough how much I love that movie. It's stupid how much I like that movie. So are you now in a completely different league with this whole Batman thing? Are you more psyched to see this now than ever? Ever since Heath Ledger, like I, back when they announced Heath Ledger for the Joker, I was like, oh, play lame, it's going to suck. And then I, I really was not into it. And then I saw the movie and I felt like such an idiot. So after that, I'm like, okay, cool. They pick Robert Pattinson. I'm down. I'll go for it. Okay. So even you, with even when they announced Ben Affleck, I was like, shut up. Let's watch it and see how he does. Because of how how wrong you were with Heath yes. Ledger. Now forever, you're Batman. Just like the studio people have some sort of access. To, you know, they watch the movies those people have done. They know how you know how good actors they are. They have conversations with them before they pick them. So I like Ben Affleck as Batman too. So I, I did too. It was right. not my biggest problem with those movies. All right. W- want to continue knowing what the comic fam thinks in the comment section below. What's our next comment? The next comment comes from the comic karma that you did with Jeff recently. Sure. You remember that one? Yeah, dude. I remember that one. This comment is from Eupatorius2. Jeff being uncomfortably polite while Tom cried <laughs> made my day. I was tearing up. You were. It's probably the most emotional I've gotten on camera. It was. Dude, someone's sending in stuff making me think of like my grandparents as a kid like as like an eight-year-old kid you know comic books family people have passed away freaking shirts from restaurants i used to go with to you know my dad to in buffalo new york it is a crazy I jumped thing. in on the chat on that video maybe like five minutes after that happened and uh I got to say, man, if I was there, if I was in Jeff's position while you were doing that, it would have been so much worse. Jeff dude. was cool about it. He was trying to like get you back up to speed and stuff. And I just would have been like, oh, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm watching that on playback and I'm like holding up the shirt in front of me, not even showing the shirt. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm hiding. I'm making it so obvious. I'm hiding. I'm like, these people are so uh, nice. Yeah, it happened. You know what? It was, it was, it was live and it happened. So anyways, let's, let's keep it going. It was a touching <laughs> moment. I'm glad that happened. Next comment. From the actually the last time that I was on video here was ex- this video came out one month ago to the day of today of us filming right now. Yes. Okay. What it's, was been, the it's been a long time. This was the uh, from the comic book etiquette video that we did. Great video. I really enjoyed that time with you and the guru. Right. We don't do enough three person videos here. Oh, they're common comic fam. If you want to see more like three people podcasts, because we just did one at C two E two and I have some other stuff planned. Slap the like button. Slap it. The comment is from our friend Stonecutter Cam. He's a homie, dude. He's been following us since we had like a hundred subscribers on YouTube, I think. Right. One of the OGs. I was at Stan Lee's final signing, and I could see dollar signs popping out of Kia Morgan's head. Thumbs down emoji. Con etiquette goes both ways. That's right. Absolutely true. That was a very weird experience going through just like all that information that was coming out week after week and then reporting on it. It was in the early days of our show. We were trying to figure out our place in this community, how we can bring value. What kind of channel we wanted to be. Exactly. And, oh, man, that was not easy to uncover and we to go like through. We spent a whole day researching on that and like going into his background and figuring out what sort of things Keith Morgan has talked about or posted about. He's very active on Twitter. That's right. Not so much anymore. True. But you know what? I think we learned a lot from that experience. It, it put us in a position to like really do a deep dive into information and news and seeking accuracy and 
validating sources and throwing out certain sources over others because of their track record of how they were reporting it. Exactly. Like there was a lot of stuff that we were like, do you remember from three months ago? And we're like, ah, oh, we do. We saved that document. Like it was that kind of stuff happening, man. It's weird to think that Stonecutter was down there too. He's, he was right there with Kia Morgan. Dude, the comic fam has been with us for a, a pretty long time. It's pretty cool to see comments like that surface up. Shout out Stonecutter. Ooh. Next one I picked. It's from the Bags and Boards, uh, the bonus show that came up. We have more bonus shows coming. Right, because we do the the audio-only portion of the podcast. Oh, we should let the community know about today's bonus show. If they want to check it out, it's going to be only available on SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. Because once the camera shut off, the mics keep going. And today's coverage is a doozy. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. It's revisiting a topic that we've touched on once or twice in the past. Comic book thieves. There was someone who broke into a comic shop, and what they did when they got in there will amaze you. It will astonish you. But you know what? Enough of the puns. Let's get back to the comment. So this one is from Lint. That's it. Just the name Lint. Lint. I like it. We need to get Ryan a new avatar to match the Guru and Tom. Oh, because like the avatars we use in the bonus show audio clip on YouTube has our avatars in it. Jeff's little face. Oh, on Instagram. Because yeah, I have a cartoon looking face because our homie made that image that's actually next to me, if you can't see it on screen, of me as Nick Fury over on Instagram. Jeff has his own Golden Age Guru logo. Him looking, got the side profile (laughs) shot. But we need Ryan. Fire Guy Ryan needs one. I need a cartoon of myself. All right, Nate Dog. I got to hit up my homie Nate. Just calling him out right now. Oh, he's going to do it, man. Nate's going to make it. Because he makes everything. It's awesome. Nate made it. That's right. Next comment. Oh, this one's from the Ghastly Grinner. Oh, back when we did the coverage on, whoa, that's a comic. Ghastly Grinner, it's right behind you. The fake comic book, it doesn't Ah. exist, but we did a full breakdown of the episode that that comic was featured in. Right. Are you afraid of the dark? Apex Comics says, I remember watching that show. I think R.L. Stein wrote the episode. We checked it. Actually, it actually wasn't R.L. Stein. Being an independent comic creator, I may have to fill in those pages. Should I do it, Tom? Ooh. He's offering to finish the Ghastly Grinner to actually do it because there's nothing besides the cover that exists. That's just like a cover and a back cover with no pages on the inside, but they do need to be pages. Oh, that would be so dope to see a fake comic book be created because the comic fan demanded it comic fam let us know what you think about this in the comment section below maybe apex will do it that's a really good idea oh wow i hope he does this last comment comes from the bags and boards podcast number 23 it's a while ago well i knew this one was coming though because it has to be about sir kate how'd you know i just i had an idea the comments from bob taylor donnie cates i'm looking for a hype man tom says to ryan Hold my beer. <laughs> awesome episode, as always. I told Ryan, I'm like, yeah, we need to have a Donny Kate section in viewer comments. Just find me a comment. I don't know a lot of these viewer comments. Um, I have the guests pick them typically. Get some surprise on the show. A little spontaneous improv, you know? But what's really interesting is that C2E2, I had an opportunity to chat with Sir Kate. Oh, goodness. Okay? And here's what's funny. I went into this conversation because I was there throughout his private signing and he knew who I was. And in his introduction to Ryan Stegman, because Ryan was also there signing with him. He's like, you're micing up. Who is this guy? And Donnie says, Oh, this is the guy who started the whole Sir Kate stuff. 
So he knew exactly it, the Sir Kate's origin, why we call Donnie Sir Kate's. And I took it right there, the opportunity, it presented itself, and I had to talk to him about it. So I asked Donnie what he thought about his nickname that has been given to him by some members of the community, and it's kind of taken off. The bad boy of comics. I oh, wanted to yeah. know his thoughts. Bad boy of comics? I just, I'm not gonna call you the bad boy of comics. I wish you wouldn't. I think someone said it as a joke in like a panel or something like that. Like I like accidentally cussed on a panel or something and then someone called me a bad boy. I do so much reporting. Uh -huh. I have to read those words. I refuse to call you the bad boy. Please. I just feel like you've done a lot more to the collecting community. So <laughs> that's why we, we quote unquote knighted you as Sir Kate's. I like that. I, I tried to change it as quickly as possible. So yeah. Maybe we can actually start this movement soon if, if we get your permission. Well, the thing is, 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 is the more I fight against it, the more he's just going to call me that. But uh, happy to be an, a knight instead of a bad boy. Yeah, sure. You heard it here, comic fan. We're changing lives. <laughs> from here on out, you heard it from Sir Cates himself. We got to table that bad boy of comics forever. Maybe reserve it for another writer who swears on stage sometimes. It's not going to be Donna Cates. Because from here on out, Sir Cates. <laughs> <laughs> that was surprising. I, I can't believe he knew who you were. He remembered you. He knows all the Sir Cates stuff. He's on board. I'm impressed. That's it, man. Well I done. said it in the video, changing lives. We have to table the bad boy of comics forever. Because you know what? If you say it, I'm not going to know who you're talking about. Bad boy of comics. Ooh, that doesn't sound that cool. That sounds like you know somebody trying to be cool. Sir right. Kate's demands respect. That's right. Deserves respect. We appreciate you, Donnie. Keep killing it in the comic book community. You guys should let us know in the comments what you think about Donnie Kate's formally addressing the whole Sir Kate's bad boy of comics controversy. We did it. We did it. We made it. Well, Tom did it. I wasn't there, but Tom did it. Dude, it was with your help. You sure. helped knight him on this show. I did. This is a show team effort. Ugh. All right? And by commenting, you'll, of course, be entered in for the giveaway. That's right. A giveaway of a book that we're going to talk about right now. We have Marvelocity, the Marvel Comics art of Alex Ross. Got this one still sealed up for the, uh, for the comic fam. Whew. Well, thankfully, uh, Tom has one there with his name on it. We need to talk about this book. Yes. This is amazing. So um, first off, didn't realize after cracking it open and reading through it, because this was a gift from Chris Rupp's comics as well as Alex Ross and the whole team over there. And this book is filled with so much information, but I had no idea how current it was going to be. It's extremely current. There's I like stuff that just came out in here. Like within the past six months. That's right. Um, this was compiled recently and then put into f this like hardcover, beautiful edition. And what's really cool is that there's stuff in here that has never been published. And I want to chat about a couple of those things right now. And comic fam, you're going to want to hit that like button because this has never been shown on screen to my knowledge. You know, there's, I've looked on it on YouTube. I didn't see anybody doing reviews of this book. Really? And there are stories in here that say that they've never been published before, including a 10 page Sinister Six story, Spider-Man versus six of the classic villains that was never published. And I think if anything, if there's one thing I can communicate as far as like the value in this book, it like it's, it's all summed up in this story. Wouldn't you say? That's a good point. It's kind of like it combines all of the things that you 
that you learn by flipping through the pages and reading the book. It combines all of that into a, a pretty nice 10-page Alex Ross painted Spider-Man story at the very end. So let's actually just go through this unpublished story. It starts out with a reflection. We see a reflection off of Mysterio's helmet, the right. fishbowl. And what do you see in that reflection? It's an extreme close-up of Mysterio's helmet, and in the reflection, you see the Sinister Five, I guess. You see technically Mysterio, because he's the, the framing object in this picture. But in the image, you've got Sandman, you got Green Goblin, Electro, Lizard, and Doc Ock. I think that's five. Yep. <laughs> All of them in the reflection, which is an awesome way to start this whole story. And the very next page, we have the introduction of our web slinger. And he's going to take out the Sinister Six one by one. Immediately starts with Mysterio and goes for his helmet. Smashes it. I guess that's a way to get rid of Mysterio. It's a pretty, pretty glaring weakness, if you ask me. And we have just a fight sequence take place. Painted beautifully. And also, we have so many great shots of the lizard. We foreshadowed this earlier in the conversation. Mm-hmm. How perfect of a lizard does this look? Spider-Man's method of defeating the lizard is by feeding him like an anti-lizard serum of some kind. And it changes him from the monster lizard back to the scientist, Dr. Kurt Connors. So in the, throughout the 10 pages, you see sh- uh, shots of the lizard slowly becoming more human and less lizardy. He actually gets to the point where he's full human and he's like, hey, the antidote worked. Thanks. And Peter has to still knock him out just in case he you turns know, back. Can't be too careful. Dude, absolutely everything turns him into the lizard, you know? Can't, so yep. can't be too careful. And we also see him punch Green Goblin square in the face, breaking his teeth. Serious fighting happening in this sequence. Pretty cute. I enjoyed that. I like seeing him take out the Sandman with oil. He goes through the process of beating up every single member, overcoming the struggle, all to lead to him punching out Electro. And as he's going up against the Green Goblin, his final foe, what do we see? There's a plot twist here at the end of this story. We see uh, panels that change from Spider-Man about to give the final attack to then a drawing of Spider-Man as a toy and Green Goblin as a toy. And what I can only imagine is a young adolescent Alex Ross sitting on the floor, laying down, playing with his toys, recreating this action scene in front of a television. Right. You find out the whole time that it was just a kid playing with action figures. And Imagination I think, in his head. Right? Like this right here, I think probably sums up this entire book in its in the in the best possible way. Mainly because my favorite aspect of this book is how they show you the progression of Alex Ross's career. Like throughout this this book, there's obviously the glamour shots that you would expect of like the beautiful covers that he's painted over the years. But then on a lot of those, they'll show you on the opposite side the uh like his earliest drawings of somebody like the Hulk or the Fantastic Four. He does this a lot on Instagram and Twitter. He'll post like, oh, this is my Hulk drawing from when I was 14 years old or 11 years old right and look at what you know i'm doing now and it's kind of like you know an opportunity to see a living legend show like yo you get better you just got to keep practicing and that's kind of like the motivation behind a lot of those posts that he does but to have a book collect so many i had no idea 
I had no idea that Alex Ross as a 11 and 14 year old would make action figures yeah. out of like clay and putty cardboard and stuff. Dude, he made an invisible woman out of tape. That was adorable. He was a kid genius. Yes. I wouldn't have thought of that. Can you like, I just can't even imagine it. And I'm going through and I'm seeing these like little, little toys and figures that he would make. And then there would be other pictures later on in the book of toys that actually look like real action figures. Like he didn't just perfect his art style. He was also perfecting his like creation and molding of like physical characters, real characters. And he didn't even know that back then that was setting him up for how he would go on to perfect his artwork in his 20s and 30s when he would become a star. Because the way the way Alex Ross gets these beautiful shots is he uh, references photos. So he'll like take a photo of something and then based off that photo, he will paint it and use the uh, most importantly, like the lighting, I think, like the, uh, the reflections on certain things. Alex does hyper realistic art. He makes these characters not just appear to be real. He is able to put them in a scene that will actually fool you into thinking that this is what it would look like if this character existed on planet Earth. Galactus. Is that what you're thinking yeah. about? I'm thinking of Galactus and specifically the fact that he had to make his own Galactus prop helmet right so that he could then pose in front of cameras with the correct lighting in just the right way to map out how he was going to paint him that's incredible and that's all in this book you see shots of his studio i'm getting lost in some of the shots of his studio looking in the background you can see like little knickknacks little action figures um costumes helmets the rocketeer helmet yeah these rocketeer helmet in the in the corner of the room it's like this is his studio But you have to think after the decades and decades that he's been doing this, his studio is basically a museum of art. That's a good point. All of his references, all of his tools and props that he uses to be able to create, I think it's fascinating and it's all in this book. And somebody's going to be getting it just by liking and commenting on this video. Yeah, just comment down below. Let us know what you think about Alex Ross. Do you have a favorite Alex Ross piece of art? I want to know. And it'll enter you to win a sealed copy, courtesy of Alex Ross, Rupp's Comics. We're going to be sending this to you. You mentioned favorite Alex Ross work. I think that's a good transition. Ooh, shall we get into some dope Alex Ross work? We're talking about one of my favorite artists, and we have never done a like an Alex Ross list of sorts. So what I did is I compiled my five favorite Alex Ross comics, as did you. And then my five, and what does five plus five equal? It counts as ten. We're going to do a ten, a top ten. Alex Ross list. That's right. Quick math. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. We make a lot of comic book themed content. Yo, comic fam, if you use code COMICTOM101 at the checkout, I'll put the link in the description to be able to get this hardcover if you are interested in one. Alex Ross and Rupp's Comics, courtesy of them, they're hooking up the community with a $15 off coupon. And this is not a sponsorship. I'm not getting paid if you buy this book. I just think it's awesome and it's very nice of them to do this. Anyway, back to the video. Let's go through here and take a look at these 10 comic books. We're going to start this list off with my favorite Alex Ross cover probably in the last few years. And we're talking about Detective Comics 1000, the homage to Detective Comics 27. We didn't even touch on that in this book. Dude, there are so many side-by-side shots of Alex Ross work with the 
Alex Ross rendition right next to the homage. And there's something about, about being able to look at it in a book format right next to each other. Side by side, page by page. Yeah, like just the like the Captain America one with the Hitler punch, you know, like the original and the Alex Ross homage version. The X-Men right next to the X-Men. Right. The Fantastic Four next to the Fantastic Four. Avengers 4 next to Avengers 4. It's like you you see them separately, you know, but when you see them side by side, it makes me think of him being in his studio next to that image right? and creating. So, of course, you had to pick the Detective Comics one. The Batman obviously wouldn't be in the Marvel book. Mm-hmm. So we're doing a different kind of homage here. And I have some prices for these books for you, comic fam. There was a recent 9.9 signed by Alex Ross copy that sold for $750. But if you're okay to get a copy that isn't signed, you don't mind a raw copy, you can get one for like 150 to 200 bucks in your mint. Lucky me, I just have the normal Detective Comics 1000 cover. Well, we do have one here to give away on the show in the future. So stay tuned for that. And let's chat about your dollar bin pick. I'm glad you put this one on the list. And it's also featured in this Marvelocity book. That's how recent it is. That's right. It's from uh, the recent uh, Captain America run. 2018. Right. You know me. I got to go with modern stuff. And when I was picking my favorite Alex Ross covers, I knew that he's been doing these Captain America covers. So I went and I looked at all of them. And I found my favorite. It was really early. It was number two. It's the cover for number two with him holding the flagpole. It's just classy. Something fun that Alex is quoted saying in this book is about how the wings on the side of Captain America's helmet or, or, or whatever, you know, whatever he's wearing on his head, his mask, you know, depending on the cap. True. Non-negotiable. Gotta have those. Gotta have them. Like, it's quoted in the book. Like, it was so important that he's like, it's gotta make the book, that he demands those wings be in the Captain America design. I love that. It's pretty iconic for the guy. And dude, you picked a dollar bin book, man. It's a it's a classic book. It's a really cool cover. I like Definitely the run. Underappreciated and it's a good run. Yep. All right. Next one on this list is one that I talked about all the time. But you know what? This book is available all over the place. It's so affordable. And for Alex Ross's first published work, Terminator, the Burning Earth, issue number one. This is a in like high grade, ten to fifteen dollar book, but it regularly gets missed and put into like the two dollar bin. Wow. You know? That one should not be anywhere in any kind of bin. And it's a minor key for that reason, but I think it's fun that he like kind of entered into the comic book world doing like science fiction titles. One of my favorite things that I like Alex Ross for is the way he draws fire. And even on that cover, like there's a bunch of fire in the background. It's uh getting an early start with that court with that sort of thing. Another one I like. I didn't really even know about this one until recently. He did a cover for the Game of Thrones comic. The uh, the first issue, it's got Ned Stark on the front and all of the dire wolves. And it just, it the way the way it's all put together, too, it even feels like you're looking at one of the books itself. Like, I'm a Game of Thrones book nerd, so I appreciate how accurate this looks. One of the cooler parts is that there's a bunch of different versions of this comic. Like, the A cover looks awesome, goes for like 15 bucks, but the one that people are really after is the uh, the blue sketch variant that goes for like a hundred dollars yeah it's fun because they made a handful of variants for this issue and there's actually um the prices are pretty competitive for all of them this is an adaptation of the book but the character designs are similar to the show so there's a lot of reasons why a collector would actually want to own this comic book and then to have an a-list artist behind the cover it makes sense that they would make more than one cover so you name the two 
main keys that people are after, the affordable and the very scarce version that's right. blue and fantastic looking. But there's also a new stand variant that goes for 45 bucks. There's a black and white sketch variant that goes for 55 bucks. And we have the very wanted second print variant that goes for around 70. And it's one of those random occurrences where, yeah, second print with the right title when it's under ordered, it ends up being hotter than some of the other variants than in which they even intended to have more value. That's what I get for trying to find second prints. It's what goes on, man, in the comic book community. You know, on my list, I had to include Batman Harley Quinn issue number one. It's one of the best covers of all time. And I say that for not even being a huge Joker or Harley Quinn fan. You're not a Joker fan? I can understand not being a Harley Quinn fan. I'm a okay. I'm a fan of both. I like both. But dude, I'm a Plastic Man fan. Well, of course. You know, I'm a freaking right Batman fan. All right. I really like certain characters over others. As far as villains go, dude, I love Scarecrow. I'm a diehard Riddler fan. Learning you know? all sorts of things about you today. But the Joker, eh, he's pretty cool. I think he's cool. Harley Quinn, eh, she's pretty cool too. But this cover. This cover is legendary, and it goes for like 80 to 100 bucks all day in VF to near mint. Well, that's how you know it's legendary. And it's one that you always have to check that inside cover to make sure you're dealing with the first printing. This is why I love being here. I learn, every, I learn so many things. I it's, learn all of the things. It's one of those examples of books that you just have to know because of experience. You deal with it, you make the mistake, you buy the wrong one, or you think you had a first print and you experience opening it up going, oh, actually, this isn't a first print. Like That happens enough times that you just that's what you think about when you read this book. All right, um, tell me about Immortal Hulk, because you, you know we had to put this on here. You can't not put Immortal Hulk on a list of, of favorite Alex Ross covers. For me, anyway, I had to put Immortal Hulk on here. Dude, the guru is gunning for original cover art of Immortal Hulk. He wants something. And I'm like, how the heck is that even? I'm still trying to find issue number two, let alone like the original art. Like, screw you, Jeff. I know. (laughs) Jeff's like, I'm actively looking for original. I'm like, damn, dude. Looking for original Immortal Hulk? I hope you can bring that here and we can put it on the studio. In Ryan's car. Put it in Ryan's car. Yes. I'll I'll take that home. Which Immortal Hulk did you pick? I ended up going with the cover for issue eight. Issue number eight with the jars and the heads and all that. Yes. Uh, firstly, because it's a creepy cover mm-hmm. and it's just really well done. But I honestly, I love this issue. And this is one of the scariest issues of the run. It's back in like the early Immortal Hulk. Like a lot of people have given up on this title. Oh, it wasn't as of late. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't at a height. Yeah, it was uh, at a height closer on issue 13 and 14. So right. it was like still. Oh, are they going to keep this going? Is this going to get canceled? Like those are actual conversations that they were probably having at Marvel. And this this issue in particular was terrifying. In a in a very good way. I don't want. I don't necessarily want to spoil more than that. It's been it's been over a year, but I don't know. I, mean, I love I love this early run of Immortal Hulk. I'm I'm actually still enjoying it, but the early stuff is where it's at. And issue eight has probably my favorite cover in the in the early run of Immortal Hulk. Like in the first ten issues, I'm picking this one. There's some strange things happening with the Immortal Hulk run right now as well. Random issues are starting to spike. There's some random like speculator conversations happening, arguments about maybe something should be first appearance here or there, considering the print counts of some of those early issues. This issue number eight goes for 15 bucks and climbing. 
Hmm. And I bet you'd be surprised at some of the other issues in the run. I encourage the community to keep up with the various price changes in that run because you may have an extra copy in your long box that may be good moving right now. Give them to me. <laughs> or you can give them <laughs> to Ryan. That's another option. But not before I pick an indie title to throw right on the screen. It's not really indie, but it's like from a smaller publisher. Um, we have Vampirella issue number one. Oh, goodness. And I'm putting the Virgin 1 in 50 on the list here. $150 comic. If that's too expensive for you, don't worry. If you don't mind the trade dress, you can still get the variant with the trade dress for about 50 bucks. But this Vampirella cover is gorgeous. She's hot. She's bathing in blood. And you know what? I got to own this. I'm a big like Red Sonia fan. I wish he would do a Red Sonia cover. This may be the closest I'm going to get. It's all you. If I find one, I'll, I'll, I know who to give it to. Ryan doesn't like the sexy covers. He likes Hal Jordan. That's pretty much it. I, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I've never read Vampirella, so maybe it's an awesome comic. People love it. What else did you put on your list, man? Because I think you got some list? Star Wars coming up. I did. I, I'm, I'm very... I love the way... It's, it's weird. I love the way he draws lightsabers. Sure. Right? Because my favorite thing about Alex Ross... You like this fire. You right? like the way he draws water, the, probably. The, no, it's the light. It's I know what it is. It's the lighting. It's the reflections. It's the... It's because he does all these like photographs of things and is able to actually capture the reflections of things. And there's a lot of art he does where like Darth Vader is in the dark sure. and you just see the reflection of the red light everywhere. And like the way he captures that is freaking awesome. So he did a cover of Star Wars issue number one from like the 2015 Marvel, you know, the re the rebirth, if you will, of uh, Star Wars at Marvel. And he did a variant cover for issue number one. There's a one in 50. Ooh. Didn't know that. That means I'll never find it. Well, dude, it's, it's affordable. It's like 40 bucks. That's not bad. Not terrible. Darth Vader on the front with a bunch of stormtroopers in the back doing like the superhero landing with the lightsaber. Yeah, he kind of like has a Thor looking thing. Like he just like landed with Mjolnir in one hand, but instead he's got the lightsaber and it's like pointed down. It's so cool. That is so dope, dude. That's a good pick. I like it. Okay. Next one on my list, I'm putting on a variant to a classic Spider-Man story here. We have ASM 568. This is the negative effect limited edition variant. It came with a certificate of authenticity and there were only supposedly 1,599 of these printed. But here's the cool thing. This one isn't a very expensive variant. You can get them for under a hundred bucks. They regularly sell for between 60 and 80. Hmm. Pretty interesting. I've never seen this variant before. I've seen the the normal version of this cover, and it, even that is is freaky. Like but when that, you see that variant and the like, the negative yeah. color aspect that they that he put on it, you're like, oh yeah, I see why that would go for more money. It's even more upsetting, <laughs> in a good way. All right, and then what are you gonna close us out with? My final one that I picked is kind of a classic. It's one of the earlier Alex Ross comics I discovered, but uh, the last issue of Kingdom Come. I appreciate you not picking issue number one. You're like you had all yeah. of the issues to pick, and you're like, you know what? Issue number four is what's going on there. It's kind of what I was talking about before with the 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 darkness and the reflection and the light. And this one is, uh, it's got the Kingdom Come, you know, the alternate universe Superman in the dark. Yeah, you picked a Superman cover. Like, of you course. could have picked a Green Lantern cover, dude. Yeah. I, I Honestly, I'm not a big fan of the Green Lantern. He did a variant for Green Lantern 1 on the Jeff Johns run. I have it. It's not yeah. my favorite. Yeah, he's done some cool JSA Green Lantern stuff. But mm -hmm. yeah, I don't see a whole lot of, like, just... Green Lantern covers by Alex Ross. Yeah, I looked just to see if there was any I wasn't aware of for this list. But, but none of them were 
tickling your fancy. I was no, not exactly. I was not tickled. I was tickled, however, by this uh, Superman cover. Seven dollars, dude, for like this book. It's a five dollar book, sure, in high grade. But you know what? It's it's a classic book. Everyone needs to own this run, one through four. Go get it if you don't own it. I don't own the single issues though. I got no? the Absolute Kingdom come. I got the big heavy yeah. you know, ten minute status. But you need one of. You need to have the whole set yes. at least available for you to read at any point. You do. You got to read Kingdom Come. Comic fam, make sure you comment down below. I want to know your thoughts about this Alex Ross list. Again, these were actually just our favorite picks because this was like the first time we were able to do a deep dive into this. I'm, su- I'm really surprised we creator. haven't done like an, any kind of creator, like, you know, top 10 list of X creator. But Dude, if there was like a Mount Rushmore of artists, absolutely. you know he would be on there. You know what I mean? Yes. The Mount Rushmore of comic book artists. Alex Ross definitely deserves a place there. He probably would be one of the people to help chisel it, man. The guy's basically a sculptor, too. You know, he'd make it out of you know cardboard and tape. <laughs> there you go. Comic fam, make sure to like and subscribe. Comment down below. We're giving away this Marvelocity huge hardcover book that's going to qualify for media mail. Shout out to Savings. And... We're going to continue this conversation on our audio platform, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes. We have a fun story to discuss, don't we? Yes. Another story. Another tale of comic book criminals. Thievery. Yes. Tomfoolery. Tomfoolery. Criminal activity. We're going to get into that. Don't forget to use the code TOM101 for a free week subscription of the best comic book app that exists on the market. And make sure to check out that recent category, Sounds and Slogans. Keep up on your comics and get a free week subscription and help support the show. We are currently taking enrollment for the April Mystery Mail Call. Link in the description to get comic books from us every single month. A Marvel exclusive going out to every single member of the community. And then, as always, we got to geek responsibly. Enough? Said. Comic fam, welcome to the bonus show. I'm sitting here with Fire Guy Ryan. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. The cameras are off. I'm loving it. All right. So we have a doozy for the comic fam. We're going to take him to Chicago, okay? And this happened this month, the beginning of March. And we're talking about a comic book shop called Graham Crackers out in Chicago, Illinois. You were just over there. I was. And I could have visited this shop. That would have been fun. All right. We have a story of theft. We have... Video surveillance. And you know what? This probably would have been something we covered on the main show. Like we would have covered it. However, the video footage was like just barely anything and you could barely hear what was going on. So I figured, hey, let's just save it for the audio only portion. And yeah, let's have this like fun little conversation about what happened and what this video shows. So um, happening over in Chicago, we have maybe one of the worst attempts of burglary ever seen we have somebody who breaks into a comic book store and on store surveillance is caught looking for things to steal this whole thing was caught on video and audio which makes it that much more hilarious so i'm gonna um read some of these quotes verbatim so i apologize for the derogatory words i would never uh, use some of this verbiage myself But I think it's really, really funny because this is a story not about someone breaking into a shop and stealing a bunch of really expensive comics. No, this is actually something much funnier than that because comics were not stolen. We covered that one right at Mile High Comics. The guy broke in and he knew right where to go. He went to the expensive comics place. He shattered that thing. He got some comics. He left. He was a former employee. He knew the comics. He knew what he was stealing. So this is an example about how what we do in this community 
what we talk about on the show, our community of collectors, enthusiasts, people who invest into expensive paper, you know, what we do as collectors and enthusiasts of this hobby, we essentially know a foreign language. And I think a lot of us forget that, that over time we acquire so much information about these characters, the, the printings of books, the variants, the artists, the writers, the colorists even. The value. The value. Right. The grading value. They're different, you know, like all of these different things. It's, it's a foreign language, is it not? It really is. And it makes you wonder what was going through this guy's head. Like the moment he breaks into this shop and realizes, I don't know any of this. I don't know what to steal. That's, that is the situation we have here. We have a burglar who finds his way inside of a shop, pacing the shop, frantically trying to figure out, what the hell do I take? So um, I'm going to Quentin Tarantino this and read you what he actually took. Okay, The damage to the shop was very minimal, and the perpetrator mostly stole individual magic cards, our TV, a Kiss star child figure, he passed on the Gene Simmons one, by the way. He stole a poster, a Flash t-shirt, a Deathstroke gallery statue, and a Bart Simpson bank, the store manager told Bleeding Cool. Did he have a wheelbarrow? This. You know How what? I'm not, all that out of he there? He probably just threw it all in a backpack and left. What so he went to a comic book store but didn't know what to steal. So he ended up stealing a bunch of stuff that wasn't really worth that much money. Fortunately... To the comic shop. Right. You know, so I'm glad that the that the shop endured minimal damage. It's lucky that this guy was unprepared when he yes. came in here. Yeah, I'm I'm laughing at the you know, just this dumbass who's breaking into a comic you know, shop doing illegal illegal activity, not so much of the fact that he, you know, failed to steal things. What would have been helpful for him if he uh maybe had the key collector app <laughs> and he could have determined <laughs> which, which comics were valuable oh or that's not. terrible criminals use that code tom 101 <laughs> oh, no. i'm just kidding no don't do that don't use any of our show turn yourself stealing. in yeah turn yourself in because um we don't need you in the community if you're stealing and doing doing terrible stuff but this person did not have key collector he did not watch our show he did not have an overstreet handy he didn't even know what an overstreet was what he did do though this is freaking hilarious dude this he is, phoned a friend he literally calls his friend at night to explain that he is in dire need <laughs> of someone who knows comic books. Okay, so let me let me read you the quote because it's kind of hard to hear it in the video, but I did validate that this is all things said. And yeah, this is the burglar inside the store calling his friend. Imagine getting this call, by the way. Ryan, that's going to be the, the question to in me. In the, the dead of, of night. In the dead of night. I'm in the store. I need to know uh, Marvels. Like all <laughs> kinds of shit. Like all kinds of shit. <laughs> like he didn't even. He's like, panicking a little bit probably. He's got the adrenaline. He just broke into a store in the middle he, of the night. He's like telling his friend on the phone to go wake somebody up who knows more info about superhero comic books. He's like, go wake her up. Like I'm in the store right now. This is the quote. I'm in this bitch, is what he's saying. <laughs> like, he's in the store. I'm in this bitch right now. Like, go wake her up <laughs> and ask her about which Spider-Man comics are worth money. And he decides to break into a store that he knows nothing about. Like, the second the rock sails through the window or whatever, and he, and he sets foot inside, he's got to look around and be like, 
shit. <laughs> like, what do I take? I don't know any of this. I'm going to call somebody, which is dumb. Because now your phone is, you, there's a phone record of it. <laughs> I already broke the window. Please I'm, be my accomplice. Please tell me which Spider-Man comics <laughs> or Batman comics are worth more than $5. I don't want to, because you have to think too. He's like, oh, I can just start grabbing everything. Yeah. But what is, he's going to grab a long box of comics and then what he's going to do with that? You know? Take it to other shops. Take one hour <laughs> before you do the crime and like Google some stuff. <laughs> like most valuable comics. <laughs> like no, look well, it up again. We do we do not encourage any no any activity. Absolutely this is more of not. just us laughing at the stupidity. You know, yeah. we've seen some crazy crimes take place in this community, and sometimes you know it is just really sad to see like the situation some people put themselves in. And they try to go about it in a way that just a standard person would go about it. Sometimes they go a little extra. And we've covered stories, as you mentioned, with like someone using a knife trying to break into a glass fixture and literally cutting themselves and bleeding all over the store and having to clean up the blood and having to then clean up the glass because they put DNA all over the, all over the glass. Like we have seen people make some of the silliest mistakes stealing from artists, like employees who are on payroll with artists and creators who are just like stealing art over time that get caught eventually. Like all of these people get caught every single time. It's 2022. You gotta, you gotta figure places you break into are going to have some kind of surveillance of any kind. Right. This, this comic shop had video and audio, so he was, like, if this was just video, he would have been on camera breaking in and making a phone call. We wouldn't know what he was saying. But the fact that we have the audio and we can hear how panicked he was and how clueless he was makes this a little more entertaining. Comic fam, we do appreciate your time today. I think our pizza has arrived. Is that what here. that was? I think that's our pizza. So he's probably like going, oh, these guys are talking. And not going to the door. So we are going to end this show right here, right now. We do appreciate your time today. As always, comic fam, have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you very soon. And don't steal comic books. That shit's messed up. Don't steal comics. Don't steal anything. Especially comic books. Especially comics.